It's a little warm in here. Um, so what's happening is when we, when we got this sanctuary, we got it so that, because there's a lot of room beyond this wall, and even back here and back here, there's a lot of room. There's actually a pretty big AC in that room right now that we're not able to fully like, experience because of this wall right here. But um, this week, sometime this week, our uh, brother Noble, where are you at, Noble? He's back there. He's, uh, he's a carpenter. He's like Jesus. He's, a, he's everything, man. He was an arborist. He was, he was, he's a snowboarder. He, can make, he made this right here where we put this up. I helped. But, man, he, he is a very talented man. And he's going to come and he's going to break down this wall for us right here. He's going to take down these glass and uh, uh, the wood that's right there. It's all just kind of, it can all, it's easy. It's going to go. It's kind of been put up there by the last tenant. So, man, he's just going to bam, single, with his bare hands. He's going to take those walls down. And we're going to be able to fully experience the AC that's in this room. And we're actually going to uh, set up more chairs because we've actually been growing to a size where we've been actually filling out the sanctuary pretty it's pretty cramped in here, and so we're going to probably add about 15 to 20 more chairs into that room, and so we're going to actually be expanding. It's the first of our expansion, and it's pretty exciting. Yes. So be, be ready for that, and it, it, we promise it'll be a little cooler next week. Um, I've, been, I've been preaching out of the book of Acts, and right now we're on Acts chapter 5. And so if you can turn with me to Acts chapter 5. Last week we read, a, we, we, we learned about Ananias and Sapphira, a scary sermon. You know, and uh, right after what happened with Ananias and Sapphira, we see this picture of just immense life and, and growth and, and just, just so much, like, the power of God manifesting so powerfully through the church. So we're going to read about this, Acts chapter 5, verse 12 to 16, Okay. Uh, I'll read one verse. You guys read the next verse. Okay. Now, many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostle, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of men and women. People also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and all those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Amen. It says that many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. Now, when I read this, it gets me excited. When you, when you guys read this, does this get you excited? Yeah. Yes, it does. So many amazing miracles are happening that they brought sick people, laid them down on the street, and then they were like, just in the hope that Peter's shadow might fall on them and they'd be healed. It was, it was an amazing time. This pumps me up. This gets me excited. Why? Because, you know, our, our seventh core value, you guys know that we have nine core values, and our seventh core value is supernatural is natural. Supernatural is natural. And if you look at the website, under supernatural is natural, it reads, The supernatural is natural to God. Since we are his people, healings, miracles, signs, and wonders should be as natural as breathing to us. So when they, grow, when they show up, we get really excited. Everyone has a grid by which we see the world. Lots of grids are based on people's lack of experience. However, we choose grids based on the standard of God's word. 
And when we look at the apostles here in Acts, they were not just four signs and wonders, you know, but they cried out for it. They prayed for it. They were desperate to see them come. If you go back a chapter to Acts 4, 29 through 30, it says, And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when we read this, we see that the apostles were not just open to signs and wonders, but they they cried out for it. They prayed for signs and wonders. And there's a lot of people in the church today, and even some in the charismatic church and and Pentecostal churches that say, you know, I'm open to signs and wonders. You know, I'm open to signs and wonders because, you know, God can do anything. I'm sure God can do signs and wonders. But that's where they leave it. It ends there. They don't exercise any kind of faith to see it happen in their lives or in the lives of the people around them. They rarely step out in faith. They pray for people for healing, are pretty much convinced in their minds that nothing's going to really happen. Church, that's not what we see with the apostles. I believe that God's heart for us is not just believe it can happen, but for us to contend and pray to see it happen. Praying and contending for miracles, signs, and wonders is a big issue in Christianity today. It's a big factor in why there are so many denominations. On one hand, we have the cessationists. The cessationists say that all miracles, signs, and wonders, along with the gifts of the Spirit, ceased. They believe that sometime after the apostles passed away, and in the last book of the Bible was written, that these miracles, signs, and wonders, and the giftings, they ceased, and that these miracles, signs, and wonders were actually there to authenticate and validate the apostles. And when they died, they believed, that the supernatural went with them, kind of went away. On the other hand, there are continuationists. Continuationists, they believe that signs and wonders and all the spiritual gifts uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 are valid for today and should be earnestly desired for the edification of the church and the spread of the gospel. I'm sorry I have such a girly handkerchief. <laughs> I, I look. I look for my. I look for my handkerchief before I left the house because you know I, I'm a very sweaty man, and I, I couldn't find it. And then uh, Ine actually got this for Mina, and I was like, oh, I just use it. So it's, it's a little girly today, but cessationism is on one side, continuationism is on the other side, and there's some confused people in the middle. And today I'm not here to argue too much against cessationism. You know, I don't want to open up that can of worms. This is a long, it'll be a long sermon, a lot, a lot of study and a lot of, you know, a lot of thinking and a lot of, like, study, study needs to go into really looking at both sides of these very clearly. But here in New Philly, we know where we fall, amen? We know where we fall in this. And if you're a newcomer or if you've only been here for a short while and you didn't know, well, you know now. <laughs> we believe that gifts, the gifts of the Spirit and the miracles, signs and wonders that we saw in the, in the book of Acts is for us today. Not just because someone said so, but we believe because, well, it's biblical. We see it in the Bible. And when we look at cessationism, it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible does it actually say that these things have ceased. They're, they're basing these things on what man has made up 
they have deduced it through, through logic to some degree. And so when we look at the Bible, we see, we, we, we believe that these gifts and these miracles and signs and wonders still exist. But beyond that, we've, we've seen and experienced them in real life, in the mission field, in our own lives, in testimonies like Brisa. We've seen the power of God go out and, and bring healing to people. And I want to ask you today, are you open to miracle signs and wonders? Or are you praying and contending for them to manifest in your life like the apostles? Do you just believe that they can happen? Or do you want to see it happen in your life? Are you contending to see it manifest? The apostles, they, the apostles, they didn't just believe. But when we read, it says they went after it. They prayed for miracles, signs and wonders to come. And God calls us to do the same. Today, I want to present the questions, why? Why should we pray for miracles, signs, and wonders? And there's a lot of people that are out there that say that, you know, they, they ask, shouldn't preaching be enough? Shouldn't the word of God be enough? Shouldn't this, this is the, the, all, this is the, the final and all-consuming word of God, shouldn't, shouldn't this be enough? Is, aren't we saved by the gospel of Christ alone? Isn't it the gospel that saves? And there's an argument that, out there that says we shouldn't pray for signs and wonders. They argue that signs and wonders compromises the all-important significance of the Word of God, the gospel. That it minimalizes the value of preaching. They say when you pray for signs and wonders to accompany preaching, the Word of God is, just, is not trusted as sufficient to save. And they reference verses like Matthew 16.4. It says, an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign. In 1 Corinthians 1, 20-23, For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to Gentiles. And I was reading up on this, and I love how John Piper, for those of you guys who know who John Piper is, he's a preacher, I think it's Bethlehem Church. That's the name of the church. And I love how he responds to this. It says, Seeking signs from God is wicked and adulterous, when the demand for more and more evidence comes from a resistant heart and simply covers up an unwillingness to believe. If we are carrying on a love affair with the world and our husband Jesus, after a long separation, comes to us and says, I love you and I want you back. One of the best ways to pretend, protect our adulterous relationship with the world is to say, you're not really my husband. You don't really love me. Prove it. Give me some signs. It's that way, in that way we demand a sign, then we are wicked and in an adulterous generation. And when Jesus said this, he was talking about the Sadducees. The Sadducees, they were the rich, like the, they were the rich, the wealthy, the affluent, the people of the Jewish like, religion. And, and they, they had a, 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 a hold of money, had taken a hold of them. Like fame and, and, and just, just influence had taken a hold of them. And this is how Jesus is like, you guys call for a sign... It's not coming from the right heart. It's not coming from a place where you want to you know who I am, but you're just trying to prove and hold on to your adulterous affair that you have with this world. But he goes on to say, if you come to God with a heart aching with longing for vindication of his glory and the salvation of sinners, and that's why you long to see him stretch forth his hand to heal and do signs and wonders in the name of Jesus, then you are not wicked or adulterous. You are a faithful wife. 
only wanting to honor your husband, Jesus. And in regards to signs and wonders, compromising on preaching, he references Acts 14.3. And I love this. It says, And Paul and Barnabas remained a long time in speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. It says signs and wonders are God's witness to his word. They are not in competition with the word. They are not against the word. They are not above the word. They are divine witness to the value and truth and the necessity and centrality of the word. Signs and wonders bear witness to the word of God, which is Christ Jesus. And we see this with the apostles. The apostles were the very eyewitnesses of Jesus Christ in the resurrection. You know, among the apostles, there's a lot of them right now. There's a lot of people that are meeting up. In this group, there are hundreds of people that actually saw Jesus being crucified, that actually saw Jesus rise from the dead, that actually saw Jesus as he was talking to him, and all of a sudden he floated up into heaven. There's actual people that saw this. On top of that, among them were people like Peter and Paul who, who preached the word of God so amazingly. And so powerfully and so were so anointed that thousands of people came to know Christ. It just by one sermon alone, 3,000 people were added to their numbers. This is the type of preaching that was coming out of this church. And yet they still cried out for signs and wonders. To them, it wasn't faith. It was fact. You know, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Well, To them, it was not things not seen. It was things that have been seen. They saw the resurrection. It was a physical reality to them. They still cried out for signs and wonders. Why did this group of of people who had so much among them, who were actually eyewitnesses to the resurrection, and had such powerful anointed preaching, feel such a passion to see God stretch forth his hand and do signs and wonders among them? Why did they pray for signs and wonders? And in in essence, it's asking why should we pray for signs and wonders. And the first reason why we pray for signs and wonders is because it bears witness to the word of God, which is Christ Jesus. They prayed for signs and wonders because when when the signs and wonders shows up, it points to Jesus Christ. John 8, 18. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bear witness about me. John 10, 25, Jesus answered them, I told you and you do not believe the works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. And miracles, signs, and wonders, yeah, they don't save. You don't, you don't, go, you don't become a Christian because you know, a miracle was done on you. They are not the power of God to, to bring salvation. Miracles and signs and wonders are not the things that tran- actually transforms the heart. But what it does, it it points and bears witness to Jesus Christ. It testifies about Jesus Christ. When God the Father shows up through signs and wonders, it's him bearing witness about the Son. Saying, this is my Son. The apostles, they, they cried out. They prayed for signs and wonders because it helped the people fix their gaze on Jesus Christ. It pointed to Christ, the gospel of Christ. You know, when we see Brisa's testimony powerful and then when i read it immediately i was like man jesus christ i just like my heart went straight to jesus i was like man you're so powerful but when but this guy 
that, that was healed. Not a Christian. This, this, this thing that happened to it did not save him. But what happened when it happened? I guarantee you, he thought about Jesus. I guarantee you that when he felt this relief in his stomach, he was like, oh, what's going on? And ultimately, her praying and testifying about it pointed to Jesus Christ. And that's why we need to pray for miracles, signs, and wonders. And we have to pray for it to move through us. Manifest in us. Because ultimately, as we do it, it's pointing to the cross. Number two, the reason why we should pray for miracles, signs, and wonders, it leads people to faith and salvation. Now, someone once told me that what God's most interested about is A, himself, and also souls. God is serious about salvation. And when we read the book of Acts, we can't deny the strong correlation between miracle signs and wonders and people coming to salvation through faith in Christ. Luke records as many instances in the, in, this, in the book of Acts where miracles led to people coming to Christ. As a matter of fact, it's a pattern in the book. And 17 times, you see miracles and signs and wonders show up. And then you, right afterwards, you see people coming to Christ. And this is something that Luke records on purpose. He records this on purpose. He writes this book this way. God, the Spirit of God led him to write this book in this way because there was a purpose and there was a, a lesson that God was wanting us to know. He wanted us to take this to heart. You know, Pentecost, the miracle of Pentecost, 3,000 added to their numbers. And then the healing of the lame man at the gates of beautiful, they say 2,000 were added to their numbers. Just in the text alone today, it said many signs and wonders were done, and it says more than ever believers were added to the Lord. In Acts 9, it says that whole towns, literally whole towns, were added to the Lord. Whole towns were turned to the Lord through a healing of a single man. There's no denying that miracles, signs, and wonders help bring people to Christ. Because you know what? What it does is it breaks off cynicism off people's minds. It breaks off disinterest. It sparks something in their mind. Like, wow, this is something that's real. It breaks false religion. And in a world that's becoming more and more cynical, what we need today is a demonstration of God's power. And that's why God calls us to pray for signs and wonders. You know, and there's this movie called Finger of God, and also Furious Love and, and Father of Lights. And in it, there's this guy named Sean White. And I don't know if he's black or white. He's like dark, but and he has cornrows, but he looks white. He's a cool, he's a cool guy. And he's a, he's a Huh? Oh, Todd White. Sean White is a snowboarder, right? <laughs> Todd White. Todd White. There's a guy named Todd White. And he goes around and he prays for people. He prophesies over people. And they just come to know Christ. And the way he does it is he demonstrates the power of God. You know, he demonstrates the power of God. It's amazing. He'll go up to somebody and, and, and the guy in a wheelchair, like in a, in a, in a what is it, uh, crutches. And he'll be like, can I, can I pray for your knee? Like, what happened? I fell on my skateboard. Really? Let me pray for your knee. He prays for his knee. He's like, bring heaven down upon his knee. All of a sudden, the guy's like, how does it feel? Feels better. Feels all right. And at the end, he walks away without crutches. You know? And, and at, that, at that moment, man, it's a powerful conversion that's hap- that happens. And all throughout this, these three movies, there's three documentaries that were made by, what's his name? Darren Wilson. Darren Wilson. And he's a cool guy. 
Uh, and, uh, and, and all throughout these movies, we see demonstration of just people that are just jaded, you know, like people that are out on the street kind of like partying or people that have, have, are just set against Jesus. And in the demonstration of God's power, they're radically transformed. And their hearts are brought to the Lord. It breaks off that cynicism. It breaks off disinterest. It breaks off apathy. You know, there's a testimony of a guy named uh, Michael Kane. We, we went to the uh, Philippines with him. And, I, and, and there's another miracle that happened in the Philippines. I don't want to tell you about it. I talk about it a lot, but it, it involves breast milk. But, um, <laughs> but there nah, nah, maybe for another time. So we're like, I'll tell you, there was, I've said this before, but there was, we went to this tribal village up in the Philippines. We had to walk two hours to get to this village. It actually was like a five hour jeepney ride to the mountain. And then we got off and then they, all these tour, like guides came, like these guys picked up all of our stuff and they just start walking up this hill. And we're like, all right, we follow him. And we walked for like an hour and a half, almost two hours to the top of this, this area where there's no electricity, nothing. And these are tribal people that are living up in the hills of the Philippines, we go there, and, um, and we stay there overnight. We minister to them. And it was powerful. They were just like, they, they're, they're literally tribal people. There was one missionary there that was there. He was the only one with a house. They actually built him a house. And we stayed there in that house. And they killed a pig the next day right, right next to that house. <laughs> Woke us up at 4 in the morning. Going, <laughs> but I remember that night, there was, there was a miracle where this guy, this lady came up to Michael King. We are praying for people. And, he, and she goes, like, she was saying, my, my, my child, like, nursing, you know, like, my, kind of like my breast. And, it's like there's, and then the translator said, yeah, there's an issue with her breast. She can't, like, breastfeed. You know, they, they think it's like a tumor or something is in there. And she's not able to, to, no milk is coming. It's like, no milk, no milk. And then he, homie, he prays for her. And then, and he just goes, okay, he prays for her, walks by. And all of a sudden, she comes up. She's like, oh! And she starts, like, squirting breast milk. <laughs> Out of her, that shows him, and he was like, what's going on? <laughs> he was freaked out. He was freaked out at the miracle, but he was just freaked out because his lady was just like, look. That's one, of, that's one of the things that happened. One of the things that happened up in the Philippines. We have a lot of stories like this that, that come from our mission trips. But there's another time. Michael King, he came, went back to Australia. He's, he's from uh, Australia, a church in Australia called ECF. And he jo- they join us for our mission trips, and we go together sometimes. Uh, in the wintertime, we go together. And he went back to Australia, and, you know, he was just filled with the Spirit of God. He was just constantly, he was just so, like, he was so empowered and so, like, just on fire after this mission trip. And what he, met, what he saw, that this faith just rose up in him. And there was this, like, amazing, like, like just, just aura of God, just presence of God just on him, just kind of going out. And he was walking down the street one day, and then, and then and there was this, this group of, like, kind of rough, like, I think they were African-American, just, like, just people... And the one of the kids, I, I remember, I think they were, like, African-Australians, African black Australians. And, they, and they, they, one of the guys was in the crutches. And then, and then he just passed, he didn't do anything. He just passed by. And all of a sudden, one of the guys, he kind of walks up to him. He goes, hey, man, I don't know what, what you are or what you did, but as you passed by and as you, you kind of looked our way, like, my leg was healed. He came up to him. He told him that. And he was like carrying his crutches, like yeah, you know, like I, I, I could, I felt something in my knee, as, as you, man, that's supernatural. He was leaking heaven. He's like Peter's shadow, is Michael King's shadow, walking by, 
Like the 7-Eleven. And these guys, this guy was healed in his knee. And brothers and sisters, it, it didn't stop when the book of Acts was finished. The same Holy Spirit that raised the dead through the prophet Elijah in the Old Testament is the same Holy Spirit that, that was with Jesus when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Is the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ himself from the dead. Is the same Holy Spirit when Peter's sermon got a little too long and the, little, and the dude fell off the second story building and killed. he died. The same Holy Spirit that raised, his name was Eutychus. The same Holy Spirit that raised Eutychus from the dead. And that same Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit that's active and at work in our lives today. Still raising people from the dead. It happens, man. It happens. There's testimonies all around the world of people of, of, people of God in faith raising people from the dead. Well, I ain't never seen that. That doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. Just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean that God doesn't do it. And some of you guys have never seen an earthquake. But that doesn't mean that they don't happen. Just because you haven't seen it does it give you the right to make doctrine about the nature of God? That's not found in the Word of God. And some of you in here today might be saying, well, I've never seen something, someone healed through my, my prayers. And you guys might be skeptical. Some of you guys today are saying, well, I believe that miracles can happen. I just don't think it can happen through me. I just, I just never, I, I don't think that it would happen through me. And for, the, for those of you, I want to ask you, how much are you pr- praying to see healing, miracles, signs, and wonders come through you? How much have you contended to see it? How much have you cried out? How much have you stepped out in faith to actually see it happen? How much have you sought the Lord to see miracles, signs, and wonders? It says in James 4, you do not have because you do not ask. And how much of you guys are asking today? Let me ask you again, are you open to miracles, signs, and wonders? Or are you seeking it out? Are you contending for it? And God is calling us to contend. I prayed for healing and it didn't happen. Well, keep praying. Keep contending. Keep seeking. Until, when, until you see the kingdom of God, the dominion of God upon this earth. How did Christ teach us to pray? He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what's in heaven? Is there sickness in heaven? No. Is there pain in heaven? No. He's telling us how to pray by telling us to bring what's normal in heaven and bringing it in and establishing it on this earth. You know what? That's what a miracle is. The demonstration of what it's like in heaven upon this earth. And he's saying, fight, contend. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It might not happen the first time. It might not even happen the second time. It might not happen the, the 89th time. But content, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on this earth. Keep contending. Establish the culture of heaven on this earth by doing it, by praying for signs and wonders. You got, you got, we have to contend for it. So the question I want to ask, how? How do we see more miracles, signs, and wonders in our lives. How do, I, how do I see it? Some of you guys might be skeptical and you guys are saying, well, teach me. How do I do it? And I'm going to tell you. Number one, it starts in his presence. 
It starts with intimacy with him. You want to be used by him, you have to know who he is first. And there's so many people that want to be used by him. They want to do mighty things for him, but they don't even know who he is. They don't want to take the time and effort to know his heart. Perfect example of this is Simon the sorcerer in Acts 8. There's this magician. His name is Simon. And he, like, he sees Philip, and he's, Philip's preaching the word of God, and he actually listens. And Simon actually gets converted, and he's actually baptized. And he, and he starts to follow Philip. And, and then when the people in Jerusalem heard about this, when the church in Jerusalem heard about this, like, they sent uh, John and Peter to go. Because they, like, although people were being saved through salvation, the, whole, the power of the Holy Spirit hadn't fallen upon them yet. The Spirit of God hadn't baptized them. And so they sent they Peter and John to go and, and lay hands and, and bring the, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit upon them. And it says, Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through laying hands of the apostles' hand, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of the wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. And he says, so I see that you are in, in gall of bitterness and in the, the bond of iniquity. And Simon answered, pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. And sometimes we do what Simon tried to do. We try to do it with God. We want to do all these great things used by him in these powerful ways. But if we don't put forth any of the effort to engage God's heart. Sometimes we come with horrible motives. Sometimes we come holding on to sin. Sometimes we come filled with pride. God, I want to prophesy like Pastor Aaron in front of the whole church. But you haven't spent any time with with the Word of God listening for His voice. Brothers and sisters, A heart that longs to be used by God needs to first be a heart that longs to be with God. A heart that wants to do things for God needs to first be a heart that wants to be in His presence. You can't can't fake that. There's There's no substitution for intimacy. John 15, 4 through... 4 through 7. Abide in me and I in you. This is Jesus talking. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches as are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done to you. What does it say? Like, man, you, you could do it. You want to do miracle signs and wonders? Ask anything. It will be done to you. But you have to abide in him. We have to remain in him. You know, people like, like Todd White. I keep on wanting to say Sean White. People that are out there, man. It's, they just start, they didn't start doing it overnight. Going out to people, let me, let me pray for you, man. They, they, they cultivate it 
a presence of the Lord upon him that was so thick. It's just intimacy is so thick that it just starts to leak out of him. They start getting words of knowledge. Like, man, God will tell him, that person right there is struggling with alcoholism. Go tell him that. You're struggling with alcoholism. How do you know? You know, this is how God works. But it comes through intimacy. And, and like Simon the Sorcerer, you can't pay for that. You can't try to buy that. There's no, you can't fake the funk. You can't. There's, there's no substitution for intimacy. It has to start in intimacy. If you want to walk in miracle signs and wonders, you have to first walk in God's presence. It starts with intimacy with him, with the Holy Spirit. You got to get filled with the Holy Spirit. What happened after the apostles prayed for signs and wonders? What happened? It says the room that they were gathered in was shook, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It means you need to find yourself in his presence, and you got to find yourself in his presence often, and, in, and, and you got to do it intentionally. You got to want it. You got to want his presence. You know, there's some times where, I, man, I want his presence, and, and, and I'm in that place, I'm in that zone, I'm like, God, you know, like, I, I don't want to leave this place. And there's some times where I'll be like, man, it's a, it's a work. It's a chore. But we got to get past that. And, we, and, and it comes with cultivation. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen by us, like, just thinking that it's going to do it. We have to actually start doing it. It's like, it's like learning karate or kung fu. Just because you want to do kung fu doesn't mean you can do kung fu. It's not like the Matrix. Where like, I, I just learned kung fu. No, it don't work that way. You have to learn. You got to cultivate like the, the moves and the, the blocks and the wata. You got to learn these things. And you got to cultivate a life that's going to help you to know kung fu. In the same way, in order to know intimacy, you have to go through the steps of being in his presence. Searching after his word. Finding him in the, in the situations that you're in. Going to him in meditation. Going to him in the word of God. Praying. Meditating. You, there's no substitution for that. It has to be cultivated. You have to cultivate the culture of being in God's presence. Engaging him in intimacy. Getting filled with his, his, his spirit. If you want God's power to break out through you, you have to be in the place where he is. There's no shortcuts. You know, there might be some power that's there. You might try to fake the funk and you might pray for somebody and that person might be healed. But ultimately, if you're not in that place of intimacy, if you're not placed in the place of where you know and you're walking in God's heart, whatever things that may happen, there's not going to be lasting fruit. And the second step, how do we see miracles and signs and wonders? You have to hunger for it. Like I said before, you can't just be open to it. You have to go after it. That intimacy with the presence of God, what it's going to do for you is it's going to set off a hunger in you for the things of God. You know what happens when you start studying God? You start getting hungry for God. You know that? It just happens. It's a natural thing. And, and, and if you don't feel hungry for the things of God right now, you know what I encourage you to do? Go and seek Him out. Read the Bible. Pray to Him. Meditate. Because as you start getting into that place of intimacy, it's a natural fruit that comes out of it is a hunger for God. You want more. You want more. It's going to set off a hunger in you 
for the things of God. You know, when I, I talk about Brisa a lot today, but you know what? I see a hunger in Brisa. There's a hunger in her. She's only been here for a short while, but God radically changed her. And when I, I see how she's responding, I, I see the steps that she's taking, I see hunger in her to, to know more of God. Yeah, she could go back to Hawaii, but she said, you know what? What's happening here right now, what God's doing in my life, the testimony that God's writing here, I want more of this. It's not for everybody, but she's like, you know what? I'm going to go back and kind of change my plans because I, I want more of this. I, I want, there's a hunger for more of God. And for some of us, you know, we may have started off hungry, but we may be jaded by our own experiences. That's when we have to take testimonies, like Bree says, and get a fresh revelation of who God is. There's some, there's some leaders here today. There's a lesson that we can learn from the hunger that Brisa had. There's a lesson that we can learn from the testimonies that are coming through my testimonies at newphilly.cc. There is. We might think, man, I'm a leader. I'm an active leader, man. I have my own small group. Are you hungry? Are you hungry to, to see that, that supernatural fruit manifest through your life? Are you? I wanna, I'm asking you guys, are you? Because if you're not, you got to ask God. Say, God, make me hungry. Make me hunger for, your, for the things of God. You know, we have missions going out. And Pastor Lydia is going to Japan. And you know, I've been on many mission trips. And there's a, lot of, there's a lot of amazing testimonies that come from our mission trip. I told you one earlier about the breast milk. There's a lot more. And, you know, we have a testimony through our, our, uh, our pastor, Myungwa, back, back in Seoul. She went to Indonesia. And one of the things that our, uh, our lead pastor, Pastor Christian, he always wanted to see a lame man walk. And, and he had never seen it. You know, all through the time, he's seen other miracles. He's seen people here. He's seen people he healed of knee pain. You know, and all this different thing, like, oh, like glory vision being restored. He had never seen a lame man walk. And then Pastor Melngo went to Indonesia last year. And then she came back and she, she spoke at our service when we were at Maiku restaurant. And she talked about a woman that came. I think she was in a wheelchair. And, she, she, and they were praying for miracle signs. And she walked out walking. She was, she was healed. Her legs were restored. That's a powerful testimony. But you know what? It comes from hunger. You know, it comes from hunger. When we go out in the mission field, there's like a, like a, a, a shift that happens in our minds. And, you know, and sometimes that's not so good. You know, it should always be on. But especially when we go on mission field, there's a shift that goes on in our mind, and we start getting hungry. We start getting hungry for the things of God. And I remember we went, me and uh, Brother Roy, and then one of my best friends, Diddy, back in Seoul. He's Pastor Diddy now. Um, <laughs> We went to Bangladesh, hottest country in the world. Amen. So hot. And we were there. And our, the, our Korean, uh, Korean church, Jerry Sungo Church, the Samonim, the pastor's wife, she's amazing. She's a missionary. She's actually helped establish this amazing missions like, uh, like an organization called MPWM. And one of the things that she loves sending with the, the teams that go out is candy for the kids. She loves sending can- Korean candy. Like they don't have candy in other countries, but she loves sending it. She's like, usually there's like, oh, like a stack of clothes to give to the poor. And on the bottom, there's a bunch of candy. And we were at Bangladesh. And I remember we went and we were doing a lot of children's ministry. And we went to this one place and there was just a sea of kids. A sea of kids. There's so many kids. 
And this is kind of near the, uh, the later leg of our trip, and we didn't have that much candy. And I remember we, had, we saw a bag. It was a bag like this big. It was in a white bag, and, and we looked inside, and there was about five packs of candy, like Korean candy, you know, the small ones that have like about like 10. In, in, and we looked out at the kids. They were like, man, they're all lined up to get candy. I want candy. I want candy. And they, they actually, the, the, the people lined them up in rows. One, two, three, four, five. And we were supposed to pass out candy. We were supposed to do VBS. And me and Diddy were doing the VBS. Like, yeah, be strong and courageous. But throughout the thing, Diddy was saying, you know what? He, he told me, I'm gonna, I want to see food multiply. And he added, he's, he's something that he wanted to see. He's like, I want to see it. I want to see food multiply. And, then, and I remember saying, when we were about to pass out the candy, we were like, man, the, this, this can't feed all the, the kids. There's going to be some sad kids. There's going to be some kids like, man, I want my candy. And then on top of that, adults are coming and like grabbing candy. And we're like, man, what's going on? And, but, but we're like, and then Diddy, he's saying, I want to see candy multiply. I remember Sim clearly saying it. And we looked at the bag and we, and we had faith. And he's like, it's going to happen. And Mark Ratto. He was like, yeah, it's going to happen. And we were like doing VBS and we started passing out the candy. And every single kid got a piece of candy. And when we looked at the bag, there was, there was candy left. You know? It was amazing. It really was. And, and, we, and we were coming back. We were like, yeah, we're taking video pictures with our iPhones. Like, yeah, man, we saw candy multiply. <laughs> but, man, but it's faith. It was, there was a hunger that drew it out. Like, you know what? When you really want to see it, God's going to reward that hunger. We have to hunger for the things of God. Number three, how you see miracles in your life, you ask. Like I mentioned before, we don't receive because we don't ask. The apostles prayed, and now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hands to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. You have to ask. You have to pray what i've been talking about this whole time you have to contend when you pray you have to pray from a place of faith knowing that god can and will do you have to pray and ask and contend knowing that that it's a fact it's already done but you know what you have to ask and some of you guys you guys want it but you guys are afraid to ask you guys like man i don't i don't want to be disappointed i don't want to Go out and pray for somebody and he doesn't get healed. I'm going to feel, I'm going to look like a fool. <laughs> but you know what? You have to take down that pride. You got to ask, ask God, God, give me, give me this anointing. You know, we have five areas of healing that New Philly, we've been contending for like last four years now. Four years ago, Pastor Christian came to a Friday fire or a Sunday swim. He said, we're going to start praying for these five areas of healing. It's cancers and tumors, autoimmune disease, skin disease, knee pain, and barrenness. And we started praying. And every, like, every so often, we would bring it up as a prayer topic. We contend. We would contend. We would pray. And you know what? Today, we may not have seen breakthrough, like amazing breakthroughs in these areas. But it doesn't mean it's not coming. We keep praying. We keep asking. We keep contending. Because we know that our God is a supernatural God. You have to ask. If you want to see miracles, ask for miracles. Pray for miracles. 
And if you're not at that place, say, God, transform my life. I want to be someone that walks supernaturally on this earth. And lastly, you have to, the way that you're going to see miracles and signs and wonders in your life, you have to step out in faith and you have to just do it. Like Nike, just do it. Let me tell you, you will never see a person healed from your prayers if you never pray for people to be healed. Your success rate will be 0% if you never try. You have to put yourself out there. Step out in faith. We have to go and do. When you see sick people, go up to them, ask them, can I pray for you? When, you, when your co-worker is depressed, yeah, you see, you've seen depressed co-workers. Oh, I don't know. Okay. What do you do this weekend? I don't know. Okay. So can, I, can, can I pray for you? And when you pray, you know that the breaker anointing to break depression off of people are on you. You say, you know what? I have this anointing. I'm going to do it. This guy's going to smile after my prayer. You, but you go out and you got to do it. Your co-workers, your family members, your small group members, you got to step out in faith and you got you to connect with them in a way where you're releasing the power of God. It may not look like the apostles at the beginning. It may, it may, it may just lead to, oh, thank you. Thank you for your prayer. But you got to step out in faith and do it. Because if you don't, it, it will never happen. If you don't step out in faith, you're just you're just you're basically you're not trying, so it's just not going to happen. Brothers and sisters, I ask you: Are you just open to miracles, signs, and wonders, or are you actively seeking to see it in your life? Do you just believe it can happen, or are you fully convinced that it will happen and that it'll happen through you? Are you contending to see the kingdom come upon this earth? Or is the supernatural power of God a vague notion that you simply believe in? I want to remind you of our seventh core value at New Philly. If you're a member, say it proud. One, two, three. Supernatural is natural. It is. Because you know what? It's not because of me. It's because of God. Our God, we have a supernatural God. He can't help but be supernatural. You know, just like certain people can't help, you know, like just Roy can't help being artsy. You know, I, I can't help being like, you know, funny and offensive. It's just, it's just the way certain people are. It's just the way that God is. Our God is supernatural. He, he is not going to hide it. He doesn't have to hide it. But you know what? It, we need to cry. We need to pray for it. Like the apostles did. They'd say, God, stretch forth your hands and release. Heal these people with, with your signs and wonders. Do it, God. Show us more signs and wonders. They prayed. They contended for it. And we got to do the same. And you know, I want us to close by actually responding to the message today. And we have five areas of healing that we're praying into. There's cancers and tumors. Uh, skin disease, autoimmune disease, knee pain, and barrenness. I want to talk to you about a brother named Tony Park. He goes to our hillside campus. Pastor Emmer, can you come up? We're going to pray and close. 
His name is Tony Park. Everybody say his name. Tony Park. And he has lupus. It's an autoimmune disease. And it just kind of kind of wrecks his immune system. And right now he's in the hospital. He's been in the hospital for a long time. I think for about a month. Because there's this infection in his hip. And, and they actually found all this pus like near his hip, like near his spine. I think that's what it was. And they were, he was actually going to, the doctors are saying, you know, we have to remove that. They're going to actually do this extensive surgery to go in and remove the pus that's inside of his bones. And then people were praying. We we're praying. We we're praying for him. And the doctors, you know, actually changed their mind and said, you know what? I think you, I think you can get past this without the surgery. Right now, he's still in the hospital. And he's still, you know, in a lot of pain. And he's, st- he's still sick. And today, as believers of God, but as people that know that supernatural is natural, I want us to pray for Tony Park. I want us to pray for Tony. You may not know him. He's Korean. He's from Australia. Australia. He wears glasses. You guys don't know who he is. But when you pray for him, <laughs> there's power in your prayers. You know that? You may never see this guy. You may not never meet him. But, but I want you to know that as you pray, you, can, you have the ability to release heaven over him right now. I want you guys to close your eyes. And I want you to imagine Tony Park in his hospital room right now. And I want you guys to take that faith, whatever that God like brought up in you throughout this sermon, I want you to take it. Whatever feeling, just, just that, that, that the hunger, the desire to see the supernatural, whatever it is that God placed in your heart, I want you to start, take that. And I want you to imagine Tony Park sitting right now in his hospital room. And right now, I want you to, in all faith and in all confidence, confidence in our Lord, our God, I want you to release it over Tony Park right now. I want you to imagine heaven right now. Open heaven over Tony Park right now. And right now, I want you to just pray for him that, that, that heaven will be released over him right now. There's no pain in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. And right now, I want you to release that supernatural power of God upon him right now and pray for healing. Pray for healing. This is your opportunity to respond to this sermon. Pray for healing right now. Pray for him by name. Say, Tony Park, you are healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Pray for him. Contend right now. Say, God, use me in this way to bring healing into the life of this brother. Contend for him. Pray for him right now. Lord, release us. Father God, we believe in you. We have faith in you. But Lord, more than anything, we know you. We want to know you. We want to see your supernatural power course through our veins. We want to see you manifest the supernatural in our lives, God. We want to see it. We want to see testimonies of healing go out. We want to see you, t- you t- casting out demons. We want to see you raising people from the dead. Seeing the lame walk. We want to see these things, God. Not just for the sake of seeing them. Because we know that ultimately it all points back to you, God. 
It all points back to this love relationship that we have with you. And Lord, we just want people to know you. At the end of the day, God, I am here and I'm preaching because I want people to know you. Because you're worthy. No one else is worthy but you, God. You are worthy. You're worthy of our prayers. You're worthy of our hearts. You're worthy of our desires, God. So, Lord, I pray for each and every single person in this room. Raise up that hunger in them, God. Raise up that intimacy, God. Draw them closer into a place where they manifest your presence upon them at all times. And we will manifest your presence, God, to a point where we start leaking heaven. But we manifest your presence so much to a point where our shadows are healing people, God. That when we go into our workplace, God, we leak a little bit of heaven on people around us. And they're set free. They're healed. They're delivered. But bring us into that place of intimacy, God. And bring us into that place of the knowledge of you. We thank you, God, that you choose us. That you invite us. That you invite silly old Caleb Lee to do this amazing task of establishing your kingdom upon this earth. How amazing is that, God? And Lord, we want, I want more. God, I want to see more. I want to see people look upon you and say, wow, that's Jesus. I can't believe it. I was healed by Jesus. I was delivered from, from sin through Jesus. I was delivered from alcoholism through Jesus. I was delivered from drug abuse through Jesus. God healed me. God, we want to be a people that manifests your supernatural presence upon us, God. So, Lord, I pray, Lord, that people here will answer your call. Answer your call to intimacy. Answer your call, Lord, to hunger after you. To pray to you. To seek after you. To contend. But we want to see it. Like you said, we want to see your kingdom come. We want to see your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven, God. We thank you, Lord. We bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.